This is Meet the Movie Press. It's November 15th, 2019 on the show today. Beverly Hills Cop 4, net the flicks out of here. The Mandalorian movie, maybe? Fantasy Island trailer, Charlie's Angels waves, Ford and Ferrari reviewed. Stay tuned. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news and interviews. Popcorn Talk, we talk movies. And now. Here's Popcorn Talks, Meet the Movie Press. This is Meet the Movie Press. It's November 15th, 2019. My name is Simon Thompson. I'm your host. You can find me at Showbiz Simon on Instagram and Twitter. You can find this show at Meet Movie Press on Twitter. Please do follow. Please do follow our tweets. We really appreciate it. Uh, in the chat today already, Ricky Davila is in there. Kame Egan is in there. Carson Bertrand is in there. Uh, Dimitri Panos is in there. Uh, Glamour is in there. Venus Schnitzel's in there. <laughs> and Sky Patterson's in there. Obviously, because of people like you is why we do this show every week so thank you so much looking forward to talking movies with you today uh on the panel this week uh, scott menzel welcome back thank you sir for those people who don't know who you are or where they could find your work who are you and where then can they find your work you can find me over at weliveentertainment.com and you can find me on a show right here on the popcorn talk network called film critics weekly which goes live at 11 a.m today and dimitri panos welcome back thank you it's great to be back it's, it seems like forever i've Awesome to be back on Meet the Movie Press, also Popcorn Talk Network's uh, Anatomy of a Movie, and a featured guest every now and then on um, Critics Weekly. Fantastic. Uh, thanks, guys. So uh, we've got a lot to get through, first of all. A uh, couple of big stories this week, and we have three movies I want to go and talk about uh, a bit more today. Uh, we are not going to agree on some of the movies this week, no. which is going to be very interesting. Uh, OK, first of all, let's talk about Paramount selling Beverly Hills Cop to Netflix, along with the option for another sequel. Uh, the Beverly Hills Cop movies, uh, in decreasing levels of goodness uh, over <laughs> the 80s and early 90s, uh, and we had those. Uh, Beverly Hills Cop 4 has been something that's been talked about ever since and has not come to fruition. Uh, it's been it's been off, there's been prequels, there's been tried to do it as a TV show. We are finally getting Beverly Hills Cop 4, and it was a Paramount property. It's now going to Netflix. First of all, Scott on this. Uh, your thoughts initially on us getting a Beverly Hills Cop 4 full stop, it becoming a reality. Your thoughts on that? Uh, I think it's the, the, the right step. Okay. I really do. Um, I think it, it's interesting because Netflix obviously has found great success with Dolomite. Mm-hmm. Um, we we all on this panel are very leery and nervous about coming to America too, mm-hmm. uh, and the rating for coming to America too. Netflix is going to make sure that this gets a R rating, uh, which I, it needs, to which be. it needs to be. And I think that this is going to be something that's going to play well. And even better than coming to America, too. Yeah, no, absolutely. Dimitri, your thoughts on this? Well, it makes me leery of coming to America, too. Yes, that's awesome. I mean, it makes me wonder that people at Paramount may have seen it, and they're maybe not too keen on it. Um, Usually, So, Paramount's done this before, and again, I'm not against, I'm not adverse to this type of symbiotic relationship with the studio and Netflix. Mm. Studio has a movie like the Cloverfield sequel uh, that showed after the Super Bowl. Made complete sense. Paramount knew it was crap. Netflix had it. They say they got a ton of viewership. I am kind of concerned because this is a Beverly Hills Cop movie. I don't want it to look like a Netflix movie. I was looking forward to a sequel. I mean, I love Beverly Hills Cop. I think we all do. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you're right. Your opening statement, they have gotten word. Like Beverly Hills Cop 3. I was hoping for 4 to, to be an apology for 3. <laughs> Right. Fair enough. And I wanted it to be theatrical. And if Eddie Murphy is making a comeback, 
Axel Foley is the perfect character, I think even more so than Coming to America. Yeah. Uh, I think this is the character that I wanted to see. I mean, I want well, if, Eddie if you, Murphy. If you ask people uh, to name Eddie Murphy's <clears throat> character in Coming to America, most people couldn't. If you ask them to name his character in Beverly Hills Cop, Axel Foley, everybody knows it. Excellent point. Yeah. I mean, so that's why I was really looking forward to seeing this on the big screen. I don't know what we're going to get now on Netflix. Uh, I think it's like a one licensing deal. Mm. So everything after this, I guess, might go back to Paramount. Again, the only thing that my first thought was, oh, oh, coming to America might not be that good. Well, I think I, I think here's here's the here's what I think Paramount's thinking. They're very very leery now with how bad their last couple of movies have done. Yeah, they've had a they've had a poor they run. had a very rough rocket, year. Yeah, yeah. I mean. Dora, which is a shame, did not do better. Mm-hmm. Then you had, I mean, Terminator, which is a, just a train wreck in terms of box office. For losing that. over a thousand screens this weekend, which is like thirty percent of yeah. that stuff. And I mean, it's not doing well. They already started working on the Blu-ray, mm-hmm. uh, so I know like they're already done with that. That billboard that's down by Hollywood and Highlands going to be ripped down yeah. today. Um, Playing with fire, also another bomb for them. Right. You know, and I, I think they're a little nervous. And I, I, I personally feel with Eddie Murphy being over at Netflix, seeing such great success with Dolomite, but then also doing his stand-up special that they're going to do, yep. I just think it's the right fit. And, I, I mean, I, I know he feels differently, but, like, I've had a real change of heart on Netflix in terms of their quality this year, they have really blown me away. Which is which is which was going to be my point. Yeah, because I think we've seen. The thing is, we're still thinking of Netflix as purely being really on the streaming yeah. service. We've seen with movies like The Irishman, we've seen movies like uh, uh, Dolomite, that there is, that people will turn out when it's a limited amount of screening. We saw it with Oakshaw, we saw it with Roma last year. There are people who do want to see some of these Netflix movies on the big screen. Now, if you'd have asked me 18 months ago whether having a movie made for Netflix was going to be a particularly good thing, it was still really seen as an also-ran, really seen as like, you know, sort of five years ago, moving from movies to do a TV show was kind of thing, especially if it was on a like an HBO or, mm-hmm. or a Stars or... Or a, or a USA network, and it was kind of you know the the, the 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 quality of the stuff was maybe considered even if it was if it wasn't to be that lower to be a step down to be that equivalent of a straight to DVD sequel. I think in the last year or eighteen months we've really seen a change with that with things like The Irishman again. So I think actually Beverly Hills Cop. I would anticipate it being very much a Netflix movie promoted on that platform. However, mm-hmm. I very much think that they would do a one month or three week engagement within a limited amount of theaters. And as we see Netflix moving into buying theaters like the uh, Egyptian in Hollywood, I really think that we're it, 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 they are making movies to be movies that are also on Netflix now rather than Netflix movies. I think Beverly Hills Cop could be probably outside of the Irishman the first one that is legitimately out of the gates, made with that big screen, small screen. We have to make sure that it works on both kind of philosophy. Where I, was, I also my, think that uh, Ryan Reynolds' movie is going to be like that too. Six Underground. Yeah. yeah. I, I think that would that would probably get some theatrical release. I mean, a terrible poster, but I oh, mean, yeah. a lot of great movies have had terrible posters. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, my only disagreement with everything you say, yes, we've seen some quality come out of Netflix, but we don't know who's seeing it. You just don't. No, we don't. I mean, it's, you know, they it, don't report numbers. And I'm sorry, but people in middle America won't be able to see <clears throat> these movies because they're not going to be playing 
at theaters near them, and they're shortchanging the public from these quality movies because they're so intent on disrupting the business. And those people watch so, it on Netflix and get that big screen quality movie, they will still benefit from it. Yeah. They, certain movies, they're not, they didn't, they didn't, they tuned right out of Roma. You can't say that. I, I guarantee like, you try to sell is, Roma to a, like a, your average cinema <laughs> yeah. going in Wyoming. No, they're but, not going to watch that no, movie. Oakshire, they're not going to watch that movie. That's no, what I think the big difference is now. Art house movies, no. no. Parasite is a perfect example of that. Parasite, it had Middle America's Parasite, not watching Parasite but, though. But it is going to be the highest grossing foreign film yeah. ever released, right. okay? And yeah. had it gone Netflix, it wouldn't have made this money at all. So whether or not Middle America is going to go to the movie, the right audience, the movie going audience, the discerning audience yeah. will go to the movie. And like I said, Parasite is a perfect example of that. But, it is subtitled. It's got a weird like feel to it. It's not your normal commercial film. Yeah. And there and Neon is benefiting oh so much from from releasing that movie theatrical. I, I don't I don't disagree with you, but what I do disagree with you on is that the people who are in those smaller cities are not watching it in these small towns. The people who are watching it are, are in these major areas. Yeah, but again, And that's what Netflix is making sure that they go to those major areas but, with these movies. But they're yeah. not but even in those major areas though, right? They still have to travel because it's not playing at the AMC in Denver's. Right. It's not playing at Cinemark. It's not playing at Regal. It is, so it they is, have to find an art house film that may not be close to them. It is currently not. I think there are going to be chains who currently are very resistant to Netflix showing movies where they're seeing the popularity of these Netflix and they're realising that if you are the one movie theatre in Chicago, the one Regal or the one AMC that is showing this, that they perhaps will lessen their their position and I would start hope. to show this. I all, would hope. I would hope. I mean, all and in it which takes... case, then you need to have quality that matches that big screen experience. So one hundred percent. It's 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 very much a seesaw in this balance. But we're getting slightly off topic yeah. here with this, um, and onto a topic that I know we've kind of discussed before. But I think my point is the fact that. I think now they're looking at making these movies that play both on the big screen and the small screen and not just on a large TV at home, which I think is really important. And I think really, to be honest with you, even if you put the Irishman in some of these smallish areas, there are people who won't go and see a three-hour movie yes. in a movie theatre and pay $15. They will want to watch that movie at home because they're, they don't see the cinema-going experience as you see it, as you see it, and as I see it. And as a lot of film fans come, there are a lot of people who consider themselves lovers of movies who aren't the same kind of lovers as movies as we are within our kind of, you know, industry bubble. Yeah, my only counter to that is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. Did great. Absolutely. Well. But if you look at breakdown of box office in some of these uh, rural areas, again, these are rural areas where people didn't necessarily turn out for that outside of major city markets. Um, these, there are some movies that I think are, are still difficult to sell. Your points are yeah. valid. But I think, you know, it's it's not just about that. Uh, in the chat, Zeno Hour, hello, Glamoury. Hit that button, cuz. Uh, Sky Patterson, hello, Scott and Dimitri. BlackRock316, good morning. Uh, Glamoury, we got ten diehards. I think we can stomach another Beverly Hills Cop. Well, whether we can stomach it or not, Glamoury, uh, we're getting it. And uh, I would gladly sit through uh, another five diehards uh, if they were better. Uh, Cammy Egan, I enjoyed the first two Beverly Hills Cop films. The third was just all right. I agree it's all right. I revisited it recently. It's not as bad as I remember it being, but, you know, it is It is great. It's not quite the standard of the first two. And I agree with uh, with Scott uh, that going, uh, going to Netflix is a great idea. Prince Hakeem, black folks, no, that's from Glamoury. I know <laughs> Prince Hakeem. I'm not black. 
But your average Joe yes. would your not know that. Your point is well taken. Yeah. Uh, Sky Patterson Paramount selling Beverly Hills Cop to Netflix is not surprising. No, it's not a huge brand or IP to warrant a huge audience. I'm not against it. I will mostly appeal to the African-American community. Do you know what? I think, actually, uh, it's going to appeal to a lot of people outside of the African-American community because I am... Plot twist, not African-American. Uh, I'm, I'm not African at, at all. And, uh, and I'm, not, I'm not American. Spoiler alert there. Uh, yeah. But I think, actually, when you say that it's not a huge brand or an IP to warrant a huge audience, I think it is one of those uh, brands or IPs that do actually go, I mean, from people who are like grew up in the 70s and 80s right through to the 90s and now, and the people who kind of grew up in the 90s and their parents showed them, you know, Beverly Hills Cop. But... It's about whether, and this is a problem that we constantly come across with studios that have these heritage IPs, when you make a movie and you put it in theatres, audiences don't necessarily turn out in theatres. Mm. So, because they love the idea of a movie, but paying 15 bucks or 20 bucks to see the movie is a different proposition. Mm. So I think actually taking an IP that I think is a strong IP and a heritage IP, and it's one of Paramount's strongest and consistently popular... I think actually taking that to Netflix and not having that risk of needing asses in seats is actually a very, very shrewd one. To, and Dimitri's point by the fact that they don't tell people how many people watch this, there is still this illusion of success because you don't have that figure to say that it didn't bring people in. Kamei uh, Egan, Netflix is a great platform to jumpstart Eddie Murphy's career. We've seen that already with Dolomite because, you know, Dolomite is his name and fucking a motherfuckers is his game. Uh, come back because I'd get a ton of views and the attention of studios directors to put him back in box office feature films and rewatchability. You are way more likely to revisit a movie that is fun but not amazing if you're getting it effectively for free yes. in your $10 package. 100%. 100%. And you're more likely to recommend it. Uh, Apple streaming service isn't cheap as $5 for its original content, but you have to pay for the rest. Uh, Car- uh, uh, Carson saying, uh, there's a parasite showing in Billings, Montana that I'm attending tonight, and I'm not expecting a crowd. <laughs> <laughs> no. You'll uh, be you and two other folks. Yes, I think you're right, Carson, you know. to be honest with you but it's a great movie and you'll have an amazing time uh vietnam schnitzel uh it's good to see Par- uh, parasite hitting uh, it'll open the doors for more alter- uh, alternative movies in wide release uh yeah so uh, uh sky patterson saying simon the 2020 film slate for paramount looks interesting uh, but will it succeed enough to rival warner brothers disney and sony top gun 2 I heard some good things about this this week. Uh, SpongeBob, which I think will do okay. I don't think think it'll do do amazing. Uh, Quiet Place 2, I think will do well, but I think it might not do as well as the original. Uh, We'll have to see. Clifford, no. Uh, Snake Snake Eyes, no. I don't know, no. And without remorse, without remorse, that is not a movie that I would consider that they're going to have success with no, these, a lot of these movies are, are, are face wipers Snake Eyes like the Nick Cage Snake Eyes uh, no, 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 no G.I. Joe spinoff movie oh, which is like oh. Oh, no. I'd rather hey, watch yeah, Snake why did you make a G.I. Joe spinoff movie I'd rather hey, watch the Nicholas Cage yeah. Brian uh, De Palma movie it's and, still there's still time and give fi- it to Netflix <laughs> <laughs> and finally on this uh, Ricky Davila Paramount is in quite the trouble with their massive losses these past two years yeah absolutely but do you know what I'm really hoping that uh, Rocketman is going to be a big success for them uh, at the awards season this year and if you haven't seen Rocket Man uh, it, it remains one of my uh, top three movies of the year and I strongly recommend it okay let's move on from Beverly Hills Cop now uh, let's talk about the Mandalorian movie uh, apparently it could happen uh, that's according to Disney's co-chairman uh, Alan Horn uh, good morning uh, Mr. <laughs> Horn um, don't know everybody likes waking up with the horn so 
Okay, so Disney Plus launched uh, this week on Tuesday. A little bit of coverage about that, especially from some online outlets. Um, I watched the first episode last night. Uh, so, that, so that we could all talk about it, because I'm assuming you guys have also seen the no, Mandalorian this no, week. No, no, no. I'm waiting. Are you no, shitting me? No, I'm waiting for them to, like, I thought the whole season was going to be up, and it's like one episode. I'll wait so I can watch it in succession. And you you're know not going to You're not going to drip, drip, drip this to me. The only thing I watched on it was uh, The Million Dollar Duck and... Uh, <laughs> The, the documentary about Imaginarium, which was actually Kids, for those who don't know, wait. The Million Dollar Duck is an old school Disney movie that you probably have not seen. <laughs> probably not, but that's what I watched. But so now it's, I'm it's, waiting it's for The there. Mandalorian. Okay, well, we're not going to be talking about The Million Dollar Duck. Um, I mean, spoiler, it's to do with a duck and a million dollars. Plot twist. Uh, so if I'm sorry, spoiler uh, <laughs> review there for that movie. Uh, the Mandalorian, though, could uh, the movie could happen, apparently, uh, according to Disney's chairman, Alan Horn. Now, I'll be honest with you. I, I mean, I, I, I like Star Wars. I enjoy Star Wars. Uh, I, I'm not as much of, of a fan as some people. It's not my ride-or-die kind of franchise. Um, I, I got my seven-day free um, subscription uh, so that I could check it out. Um, do you know what? I, I like The Mandalorian. Um, and for me, it actually had a very different feel to uh, a lot of the stuff that we've seen in the movies. It felt more old-school Star Wars with with a touch of things like uh, elements of, of kind of Solo and Rogue One, you know, which I think was really... John Favreau has done an amazing job. It looks fantastic. It's, it's good fun. The, the, the episodes are short, but... It already feels like a movie that they've cut into bits rather than a series. It does. Um, I'm looking forward to the other episodes, but already I'm like, why didn't you just give us a Mandalorian movie rather than a series? Because for me, it works as a series, but I think it would work better as a movie. The thing is, whether the Mandalorian movie, if it happens, should be a theatrical thing or... Is this where Disney really Um, make their stake with strong original movies? Because Noel is not exactly hitting home right now. And it is creating a lot of other content kind of along that lines. Is this... You're telling me that new Lady and the Tramp is not a masterpiece? (sighs) I am heartbroken. I mean, I love dogs. May I ask you a question? Um, So, actually, it's twofold. So, were you able to... Did, did you see more than one episode? Because I know sometimes no, they allow... No, I saw second one episode. One last night. Okay. Yeah. So, Will, you said you were getting a week free? Is yeah, The Mandalorian, did you find it engaging enough that you're going to extend your subscription? Uh, unless I see the second episode and it really grabs me in, I mean, probably not, to be okay. honest with you. Um, I mean, I might keep it through the holidays and then um, cut it, but mm-hmm. I don't think it's something that I... I, I enjoy Disney movies, uh, sure. but a lot of the ones that I love, I own. Right. So I can just pull those off I the shelf. And I'm, I'm, I'm still yeah. hard yeah. format. I love my hard format stuff. So I would. I don't have kids. I don't you know, really want to go into the depths of this stuff. So I would probably be someone who would dip in for maybe like a month at a time here or there over a year. I, I mean, I had the opportunity, like many people uh, who are D23 members, to subscribe for three years. Mm-hmm. And honest to God, there's a lot of stuff that I want to watch in there already that's not coming until like, you know, midway through 2020. Mm. So I might have a month now, and then I'll come back for a month at that time and watch a slew of other content when I'm going to. So, realistically, no. 
Okay. I don't think you're going to subscribe. Uh, what was your second part of that? Well, I, I know because sometimes I know journalists and such, like, they might get previews, so they might get the first, like, because it happens with yeah, HBO. Yeah, yeah they show three. You get, like, they'll send you three episodes to watch And I'm, to I'm, I'm more it, likely and... to, 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 do, uh, to do that, That's to ask for previews. I also I think am. it's interesting because Disney, what, the, what I feel like they're doing with this mm. um, is if they want people to review it, they're making it available for people to yeah. review it. Mm. So they're, it's almost like they're shooting themselves in the foot in some ways because it's like they're telling us what they really care about yeah. and right. they're putting it on the service and they're like, here, watch it. And then anything else, they're just kind of like, well, if you're a Disney fan, you can subscribe. And, yeah. and this is where I at least appreciate Netflix. Is like, so when a Stranger Things come out, comes out, certain journalists will get like the first two episodes yep. to yeah. write the review on it, but then they put the whole season up. Yep. I thought Mandalorian was going to be the same thing, and then I see one episode, and I'm like, I'm just going to cachet a couple of these episodes, and then... You know, uh, and again, you know, if you want to have that, you know, that that teen audience, that younger audience, then you need to have that movie and where they Black don't have Christmas to go. Needs that. Black Christmas is mm-hmm. that. That is a great example it's, of that. And Fantasy Island, I I think too, because we know it as a television series, yeah. where a lot of people don't. Yeah. And if you're getting in a new audience, you need to be able to be able to go. Absolutely. Uh, so PG thirteen, um, I'd be fine with. Zeno Hour saying Fantasy Island trailer did nothing for me. Uh, sorry to hear that, Zeno Hour. Kame uh, Egan, I miss Tattoo. Uh, the film is. Dark, frightening, uh, and has me wanting more. Sky Patterson, Simon, Fantasy Island, question mark, Blumhouse, is Happy Death Day, Black Christmas, Us, Truth or Dare, Get Out? Is this just a way of making up not getting the Scream film rights? Um, no. You know, I think it's fine. There, there are other things that the Blumhouse are looking at uh, resurrecting. They've got The Craft. There's another movie that they're they're still trying to buy at the moment. It's a favourite movie of mine from the from the 80s uh, that they're... Uh, Jason and the team are working very hard on, on getting the rights to at the moment. Uh, and if that happens, I'll be psyched. Um, but no, I don't think it's making up for Scream. To be honest with you, that's neither here nor there for them. Uh, they don't need... I would still rather... Blumhouse continue to make sort of uh, more original content than reviving franchises. When they revive a franchise, they do it well. But I, I think when they really excel, they do is their original content. Mm-hmm. I think that that stands heads and shoulders above the rest. Okay, uh, very quickly, let's look at the box office for this week. Um, according to Box Office Mojo, who I'll be honest with you, some of their predictions recently have been uh, a little bit shaky. Um, but they're still putting Ford versus Ferrari. That's across the board. Though. Yeah, it's a little bit shaky. Um, but we'll, we're going to go with them, uh, for an example, again this week. Uh, brought in 2.1 million. Uh, this is fact-based uh, from oh, fake news. Uh, 21 million from Thursday evening previews, uh, which is str- strong. It's, it's a good amount of money. Uh, Deepwater Horizon, by comparison, which opened at the, the same time of year, uh, a couple of years ago, brought in 860,000. Uh, then it opened for, for a weekend around 20. Uh, Midway delivered 925 in previews ahead of its uh, opening of 17.9. So people are now predicting. Uh, they're looking at about 16 to 20 million, really, for, for this this weekend. It's likely uh, to come out on top uh, against Charlie's Angels, the, the other big release. Uh, Ford versus Ferrari looking at about 2022. 20, uh, Charlie's Angels are likely to take second place, about 13. Uh, Midway, about 8.5. Uh, and then the other weeks. 
Reeves' uh, release, The Good Liar, is sort of languishing towards the bottom uh, of the charts this week. But also Waves is coming out this week. It's a limited release in certain cities, uh, but it's certainly going to get a lot of people talking. Um, Okay, let's look at this week's movies. First of all, let's talk about Waves. We've got 15 minutes to talk about these movies because I think there's a lot to talk about all of them. Uh, Waves, first of all, guys, limited release. I think it's in four theatres across the US this weekend. Uh, I'll go to you guys first of all. Uh, Dimitri, your thoughts on this? Uh, I love Waves. I think Waves is a really special movie. I think it's uh, it's it's artistry on the screen. I think there are fantastic uh, performances. Uh, I left the theater uh, emotionally spent. Uh, the movie does a couple of things that we're not seeing in cinema today. It's taking risks. Mm-hmm. It and and it takes a major risk that hasn't been done that I can recall theatrically for for a very long time. And I I can't even use the reference because I don't want to give anything away to this movie. But from a cinema standpoint, I would suggest you see the movie on the biggest screen possible because it also plays around with aspect ratios. And I'm not giving anything away. That's not a spoiler. It's something that I really encourage you that if you go see it to try to notice because it's done purposefully, subtly. Kelvin Harrison Jr. is fantastic, but the entire cast lifts him up as well. Mm. Um, again, it's a very heavy emotional movie. Yeah. Uh, it runs a little long, I will say. That, that is my, my, my one critique. But by the end of it all, man, oh man, I was just emotionally drained and spent throughout the entire journey. Mm. So I think, it's a, I think it's a fantastic movie. If you have the opportunity to see it, go. Uh, your thoughts on this, Scott? Uh, I mean, I've been I've been pushing this movie since I seen it. Tell you right, I I adore the movie. It's in my top five of the year. Um, it, it's just a really special film because it, it deals with a lot of things that not only African American families deal with, but I think any American family deals with. Yeah. Um, and that's the struggle of being able to. <laughs> fit in and live up to your expectations and how you're viewed by society. And the first half, this movie is is broken into two very distinct parts. First half is is very intense and and, and kind of like keeps you on the edge of your seat the entire time. Um, And then there's this like jarring shift where it it becomes more of like the the aftermath, so to speak. And it, it focuses on Kelvin Harris's junior's sister in the movie played by Taylor Russell. And what what I love so much about the second half of this movie, and I know a lot of people have, you know, they always talk about the second half of the movie and where it loses them, yeah. is that, you know, we, we've seen the first half of this movie more often than not. If you even go back to a movie like Loose, which I loved early, earlier yeah. in this year, very similar in a lot of ways in themes. When you get to the second half of the movie, it kind of shifts gears, and it, and it has a very sweet character at its center. And I feel like the fact that they were able to make that Sweet, innocent girl, so interesting and mm. so compelling, really is what makes this movie so good. Because you have this that, that shift, like I said, but you're following her on her journey. And she, who has been ignored for the first half of the movie entirely, yeah. now has to kind of pick up the pieces. And she, in a lot of ways, becomes the redeeming force of not only herself, but another young man played by Lucas Hedges and the family. Yeah, And I just think that... The way that it's brought together, complete with the aspect ratios, makes it so emotionally powerful and important. And I think it's a universal story if people bother to sit through it. And I think really 
think about it. And bothering to sit through it is a big thing because <laughs> yeah. I agree with Dimitri. For me, it was over long. I mean, it's only a two-hour movie, but it felt it felt two and a half. To 240. Um, there's a lot, it's a very intense, it's a very emotional movie. Uh, I'll be honest with you, it has it, visually, it's one of the most creative and impressive movies that I've seen this year. I mean, it's it's art, it is absolutely stunning and beautiful. Mm. Everybody's performance in this movie is absolutely on point. Yes. You know, it, it, absolutely phenomenal performances and really interesting stories. For me, though, the movie. It just, I, I really enjoyed it, but I didn't love it. I'm not quite sure why. I, I, it's a movie that, there are so many things about it that I absolutely loved, but as a movie, I, I was kind of waiting for it to end, and I just think if it had been tightened up, I think it would have been even more powerful. Um, at times, while the message is there and very important, it felt a little bit like a, a PSA, uh, an after-school special, warning against some of the pitfalls that can become people in society, whether that's their own actions or the actions that are resulting because of the, the pressures that are put on them. Um, but it is one of the most sincere films I have seen this year, mm. and it has real heart. And if you are up for something that is challenging, I would certainly recommend Waves. It's a movie that, even though I didn't love it, I am going to watch again. It's on a list of ones that I want to watch again this year because I think there's stuff that I missed and I perhaps I didn't get and I didn't appreciate I really want to go back and visit it, but it is a powerful and impressive piece of cinema. Yeah. And this is art. I mean, it's b brilliantly creative. And I sat there wondering when some of the shots, I'm like, how the fuck did they manage to do that? It yeah. is, there's some really magical cinema in this. He used the movie screen as a canvas. Ju it's it really just beautiful. beautiful. It's it's like an installation. I'd go and see it, like you know, LACMA or MoMA or something like that. I mean, sort of it's kind of. it's really powerful, incredible. And I don't mean it in a pretentious way either. No, no, no abs know? absolutely. absolutely. Um, we're going to talk about uh, Ford versus Ferrari in just a moment. Uh, Straight Edge Vegan Bell. I know you saw that last night. Uh, Sky mm. Patterson. I can't <clears> wait to see Ford versus Ferrari. Very curious about seeing Waves. The movie resembles Beale Street and Moonlight. Very related to me Charlie's Angels I don't know Sony explain yeah I think actually the comparisons with Beale Street and Moonlight are very very oh there's a, a scene in solid. this movie that that really just <laughs> captures just like yeah yeah straight out of like both of those movies yeah right. I mean I think it, it's very interesting to me Waves has these these elements of so many um, great movies but it also feels incredibly personal to the to the director yeah very much um, so I just think it's it's really a special film. And for me, Same. that is that is a major plus for the movie, but for me also that is something of a an Achilles heel because I think it's one of these examples where when it's very personal to you, I think sometimes it doesn't necessarily always feel that personal to the audience. But we can talk about that yeah. again at length because yeah. we need to get to other movies. Um, okay, let's very quickly talk about Charlie's Angels. Um, you guys go for this first of all. Uh, Scott, I need your thoughts on this first of all. I know I'm like the odd man out on the table on this one. I love this movie. I just had so much fun with it. Um, I, I I grew up watching the original TV show. Yep. And then I watched the 2000 and 2003 movie. Um, was those, it the Chad? Those were okay. Yeah. I wasn't I wasn't a big fan of those. Um, and I remembered the TV show very fondly. Uh, again, it's childhood memories. You watch it with family members and you, you remember it. Um this I just felt like was like the update that this movie needed. I, yeah. I thought that they did a great job casting the three lead girls. Uh, I, I love Kristen. I've I've always been a big fan of Kristen Stewart, but I, I love seeing her outside of her comfort zone here, mm. doing something like wild and weird and different. And she had so much fun with it. And you can tell when you're watching the movie. Um, I also thought for a movie like 
like this, which had Elizabeth Banks directing, and I was not a fan of Pitch Perfect 2 at all. Um, you know, I, I thought she did a really good job handling the action sequences and, and, and blurring the lines of comedy and action. I just liked it. Okay, Dimitri. <laughs> it's all right. You don't have to apologize, Dimitri. I, I, I did on this. not like it as much as as Scott did. Albeit, I did like the Angels. I thought that okay. they were great. And to your point, I did enjoy Kristen Stewart. It's the first time I actually. She looked as if she was having fun, and she was great at that role. My biggest problem was with the story and the direction. It felt like something. It wanted to be a Mission Impossible. I felt the fight scenes were choreographed really well i felt the action scenes were completely flat i mean how many times can we have an international car chase scene where the car ends up in the river and then like but just have it be so there was nothing to it and they were borrowing you can tell there were parts from like atomic blonde had an amazing car chase sequence where the stakes were up and then in mission impossible three where where, where tom cruise is hanging out of the car it didn't. I didn't feel that she was able to direct the action really. You know well. why? Because she had a forty million dollar budget. But a good as director, oppo- as opposed to one hundred and sixty. But a good director can work with a great budget like that yeah. and make it seem like I haven't seen it before. But I, I like also... the cast. But that I will give the cast credit if they do go to a sequel. Uh, They're not going to. No, you know, yeah. no. I mean, I, I, I want to. You know, five minutes. I want to get to 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 Ford versus Ferrari. Um, it's kind of like a sliding scale of liking this movie. <laughs> um, I agree with all of your points. I think the action was uh, choreographed well, but shot terribly. Um, I literally felt no excitement for this entire movie. And for a movie that is meant to be very like pro, you know, sort of pro women, I think this did a massive disservice to poorly written characters. I mean, for me, the best characters in this. I mean, the, the angels were fine. It was good fun, and clearly everybody was having a blast making this. Movie movie Absolutely. which i'm really happy for them you know so that it wasn't an arduous experience but watching this i literally felt nothing uh it, it's it's really it's not it's one of my least favorite movies of the year um i mean like patrick stewart i thought patrick stewart was great but the guys are hammy i just did i just didn't like this movie um i mean it's getting you know so people are thinking about 13 million maybe 15 million we're not going to see a sequel no. so if they, if sony were looking for a franchise with this i'm sorry this is stone cold dead um and you know, there's a, there's a, 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 a post credit sequence, or there's a sequence in the credits actually, um, which is actually one of my favourite parts of the movie. That if they'd have had more of that shit in the film, I think it would have elevated it a lot and been a lot more enjoyable. Uh, Charlie's Angels, massive disappointment like for me. Last, but I'm you said the post credit sequence. I'll give it yeah. the last twenty minutes too. But that was because there were fight scenes, and, but whatever action there was. I just, it, it was flat. I could um, see what it was going for. Yep. It just didn't manage to achieve no. it. So there's a lot of stuff there, but it just, they just didn't pull it off for no, me. So, uh, so uh, liked, thought it was okay. Uh, I did not like it at all. Uh, okay, let's talk about Ford versus Ford. <laughs> but at the end of the day, if you want to go and see the movie, go and see the movie. Yeah. I mean, you know, this just goes to prove that movies are a very personal thing. Yeah. Uh, Ford versus Ferrari also coming out this week. Uh, this is an awards hope for uh, the guys at Fox. Uh, Matt Damon, uh, Christian Bale headlining this one. Uh, Scott, first of all, on this, your thoughts? I thought I was lucky enough to be part of the first audience to see this at Telluride, mm. and I think it was the world premiere. And I I love Bale, and I love Damon in this movie. I have issues with the secondary characters, uh, especially the son and the wife character. I feel like they're very underutilized, and their story doesn't flow. But once you get to the actual racing stuff, mm-hmm. especially the last one... Um, 
the movie really does pick up speed and and it, and it works well. Unintended. I do, I, yeah, very much so. And I do think that while I, I don't believe that this movie will get much uh, awards attention outside of maybe like sound mixing or sound design and possibly Bale, even though he won't win, um, I don't think it's it's worthy of a Best Picture nomination. I think it, I think it's a good good movie, a fun movie, a good blockbuster movie, and one that I think Middle America is going to eat up yep. like a big piece of cake. It's very enjoyable. Um, your, your thoughts Just are going to... a quick, spoiler-free, yes. Love Bill, love Damon, love their dynamic together. The racing scenes were exciting and thrilling. It does not stick the ending. No. That is when all, all, all wheels fall off yep. uh, the rims there, and it, it could have been literally had it been 15 minutes shorter yep. by lopping off the ending that they had it would have really ended on a far better note mm. and i would have i would have appreciated the movie more yeah um I, I, yeah I, I agree i agree with you on that i mean the, the, everyone does everything they do very very well um and the race sequences are really where this movie comes alive mm-hmm. very capable performances from 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 damon uh and from bale uh, good direction as well some of the cinematography is absolutely incredible the stunts are fantastic it, it's really where it comes at the end with the Le Mans, um uh race that it really really that's where you know i was sort of holding my head and i was at the edge of my seat uh, the rest is an interesting story uh do i think it has many hopes I, I agree with, with Scott on this when it comes to awards. I mean, we might get nods, but I really don't think we're going to get many wins. Uh, but again, I think it's a crowd-pleasing movie that is going to put bums in seats. And yeah. Which, again, Fox as a studio this year, they need this kind of crowd-pleasing movie. Um, yeah. You know, it's it's good. It's really enjoyable. It's exciting. It's interesting. It's a story I wasn't aware of. Uh, and there were lots of Britishisms in there that I, you know, made me maybe chuckle. Um, <laughs> so I think that, that was something that was particularly warming for me. Uh, is it in my top ten of the movie? of the year I don't know to be honest with you but, but I had a blast with it and it's just a, it's a good fun time Dimitri had some more thoughts I was just going to say the Le Mans sequence mm. do you know that that was filmed in four different tracks around the world wow yeah. like and, and all seamlessly edited together some of it was filmed here in like Atlanta then they were in um, like England yeah I mean to me that is movie magic yeah, yeah. and the mere fact how they were able to edit it all together and they had to keep on filming these scenes over and over going around like certain bends like it was not one track yeah. the way they filmed that I think that, that that's tremendous Scott I'm, any more thoughts on this I, I mean I just think you know someone uh, Sky Patterson said like he loves James uh, Mangold and I think James Mangold could do anything he's, he's shown yeah. as a director that he has so much range and listen I'm not saying that I don't like this movie I think this movie is a great feel good movie but I have to like kind of I, I mean, I think so. It's a hoorah, rah, rah, rah movie. You're like, yeah, 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 when you're watching this movie. But, like, at the end of the day, like, when, when we were talking about a ward, ward buzz, you know, outside of some of the technical stuff and, and Bale's performance, because I don't think Matt Damien's performance at all is award worthy. Nice. But Bale but disappears. Good. Yeah. Dear, yeah, but, he's always good though, Bale. So good, it's like good and awards worthy are two yeah. very different things. Yeah. Uh, yeah so uh, I don't think this will be uh, James Mann Gold when yeah. it comes to the Oscars. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I think it'll put, it'll put butts oh, wow. in seats. So if I was going to recommend a movie, I would say probably Ford versus Ferrari or, or Waves this week. Uh, you guys, Waves. Uh, if you can find Waves, Waves then. Either Ford versus Ferrari. If you're looking for the commercial film, and yeah. you, you may not hate Charlie's Angels. I mean, eh. 
Yeah. Probably will. Um, okay, uh, Dimitri, uh, who are you? Where can we find you, please? Uh, at Dimitri Panos uh, on the Twitters and here at Popcorn Talk Network's Anatomy of a Movie and uh, occasional guests at Film Critics Weekly and here as well. Uh, Scott Menzel. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at the other Scott M and over at WeLiveEntertainment.com. Thank you. Uh, my name is Simon Thompson. You can find me at ShowbizSimon on Instagram and Twitter. Of course, you can find this show at Meet Movie Press. Uh, if you like the show, please find us on Twitter and retweet this. Get more people to watch this show. Uh, Thank you to everybody who took part in the show uh, today, everyone. Yash Zinova, uh, Sky Patterson, uh, Wiener Schnitzel, Werner Herzog, uh, <laughs> also uh, Kame Egan and uh, everybody else. Uh, and Straight Edge Vegan Bell, we really appreciate your input. Thanks for talking movies with us. Uh, I'll be back next week. Take care. From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network.